Hello and welcome to the Female Health Show. My name is Raquel and I'm going to be digging deep today into periods. Now, I do want to disclaim that this information is for information purposes only. It's not to treat, diagnose or cure anyone. It's also used as a resource, again, for information, not for anything else. Okay, so please, if you have any problems or questions or not sure about something with your body, seek help from your local GP, your family doctor, your gynecologist, whoever it need, you need to seek out for some help, please go and ask them. This is just what I've learned and what I've been learning about the period and period stuff. So let's get into it, shall we? So first off, I do also want to actually, before I do this, I do want to say another thing. Some of these things in here are generalizations. Like sometimes I'll say you might feel more energetic or you may feel more confident. You may appear more attractive. These are subjective. Why? Because all women are different and the environments, our life, our life experiences are all different. So the way we express ourselves in various phases may also be different. Now let's get into it. So a regular period will be about 25 to 35 days apart. 28 days is the average, but not the rule, according to a book that I've been reading by Lara Bryden. So 28 days, the average, but not the rule. You can measure how long your cycle is from day one of your heavy bleed day until your next heavy bleed day, which should be about that 25 to 35 days apart. The reason why there is variation in the 25 to 35 days, and you might be thinking 10 days of variation is way too much. Well, it's based on our ovulation. So whenever we ovulate 10 to 16 days after is when we're going to have that period and that will dictate our cycle length. So please note this, you don't have to just have a 25, 28 day average. Also, if you are just starting to menstruate, especially if teenagers are listening to this, your cycle may be longer, like 45 days in length, just because your body's getting used to all this estrogen um, and the, the new supply of these um, hormones that are being produced and what they need to do now. So please understand that it's going to be a little bit different if you are younger. Like with menopause, it's also going to change too, um, where cycles could be shorter or longer in length. And that's another conversation for another day. So if you also have PCOS or endometriosis, you could also have lighter, uh, longer or shorter days apart as well. So it really varies for these type of women and what type of PCOS you have. And for endometriosis sufferers, they still don't actually understand a lot about it. And, you know, in fact, one in 10 women are diagnosed with endometriosis and it takes about 10 years for a woman to be diagnosed with endometriosis because People just kind of keep dismissing this pain as, oh, it's just period pain, take a pill and you'll be fine. Whereas you need to get to the crux of it and then we can start to treat it and diagnose it, what it is. And, and we need more information about it. We need a lot more research. So I hope that these conversations can also encourage women to ask more questions and not just take your fine or have this pill and it'll go away as the answer. Do some investigation, ask for some more follow-up reports or work with someone who is willing to go down the path with you and really investigate what's going on. Because if you don't feel like something is normal or you feel like something is very irregular, yes, you need to go seek it out. And I don't see why not, especially if you are willing to pay for the service to have it sought out. You know, even if it's nothing, if nothing eventuates out of it and, you know, everything's fine, then at least, you know, everything is fine. And you're not having to deal with the burden of worrying about what could be or what could happen. 
Anyway, so our periods are very important because they tell us whether or not you're healthy. I challenge you to really understand your body and understand pain, sickness, illness, dizziness, headaches, acne. We need to understand that. We, are, we have grown up in a society as pop a pill for an ill. You know, we experience painful, we, when we experience pain, here's a pill, this will make it go away. Again, just masking an issue, but we really want to get to the crux of it. Let's get into the four phases of a women's cycle. So first phase is the menstrual phase. It's the time of the month. It's where we have our period. Obviously, I can't show you a graph, but if you were to see a graph in your science class, I'm sure you would have just wanted to flick the page. I remember in school, I just remembered the details so I could pass a test. Now, 20 something years later, I am going back to this information because I need to understand this. I want to understand this. And I do, thank God. It's, I've spent the last eight months We've had, what, six or seven months in isolation now in Melbourne? I don't know. But I've spent the last six to eight months figuring out this menstruation diagram. And let me tell you, I understand it a lot better than I did in school. (laughs) Thank God. I'm not doing it just to pass any test or to get people's approval. I'm seriously learning this because I want to understand where my body's at and where your body's at. So I can also teach you about it too. So I don't want you to have a knee-jerk reaction when you see a graph. If you go onto my blog, myraquelfitpt.com slash blog, and I'm pretty sure you can find this under understanding your period blog post, and there'll be a diagram in the very first, you know, first scroll. It's got a menstru- it's got a graph of the follicular phase, luteal phase, your ovulation, and when you menstruate. And it's got these little, you know, lines telling us what our hormones are doing at the time of the month and in the other phases. The the menstrual phase usually lasts for about three to seven days and in the blog post, you can link, it has a link where you can go and have a look what your period should be. And it's by the first person I found on Instagram who really encouraged me and really opened my eyes into period health. And I remember when I saw her posting about period health, I thought I would love to educate women on their period. I seriously would love to do that. I remember someone saying to me, don't do that. You can't do that. It's so awkward, so embarrassing. You don't want to talk about that. And I thought, but But how is it awkward and embarrassing? Like this is information. Anyway, here I am now talking about it. So I'm really happy how that's gone. Anyway, that link is there. Her name's Nicole Jardim. And feel free to jump on that link so you can have a look at some extra stuff and extra knowledge that she has. So the first day of bleeding is day one. It's also the heaviest. It's due to a significant drop in progesterone levels. You may begin to feel a bit bloated in the menstrual phase, but that's just because your cervix has now moved. It's now firmer and lower than normal, and it's just allowing for menstrual blood to pass through. The color of the bleed should be a deep, bright red or a deep cranberry type color. Um, it shouldn't be browns or blacks. Maybe towards the end of the cycle, you might find that brown color in your underwear, and that's actually quite normal. It's just the end of the period. It's the end of the bleed. So I think that, and from what I've learned, that is normal. But if it starts off black, brown, you know, bright orange or something, something that's not red or deep cranberry type color like, that is a warning sign. This phase, you'll definitely feel more introverted and you probably feel a little more lethargic. So your energy is going to be at its lowest. And generally speaking for us ladies, we definitely prefer some quiet time. So yeah, you will feel a little more tired during this phase. With the menstrual phase, you will notice on the graph that your estrogen, progesterone is at its lowest 
And I'll get to your follicular stimulating hormone and um, luteinizing hormone as we go through this. But your estrogen and progesterone is at its lowest. So you are, you might not handle stress so well during this phase, especially in the f- first uh, three days, which is usually where most of the bleeding is occurring. So if someone's annoying you in the household, just let them know that you've got your period and you just need a little bit of you know, space. I need my space. The follicular phase is the post-period phase. It typically lasts for about 7 to 10 days. Now, this is the easiest way that I've been able to remember this. Follicular equals follicle. So this is where the egg is stimulated to mature. This is due to release of hormones from the pituitary gland, which lives in our brain. And the follicle is stimulated by follicular stimulating hormone. FSH. Now, if you have a look on the graph in the follicular phase, it is slightly stimulated in the very beginning, but it spikes completely up in the ovulation phase. So when you have a look at this, these graphs, make sure that you are also reading the graphs properly. The follicular stimulating hormone is going to stimulate one of the ovaries towards the end of that follicular phase cycle, more towards ovulation. Once the egg has been stimulated to mature, the pituitary gland releases luteinizing hormone. And luteinizing hormone is responsible for ovulation, which is the next phase, right? But let's just stick in the follicular phase for a little bit. In terms of cervical fluid, um, it's also named cervical mucus. You may observe a wetter consistency. Maybe it might be more of an opaque yellowy color, um, but you may and you may notice in your underwear or simply when you wipe in the toilet that it's that color. Um, but it shouldn't be like thick and milky because that's what we want to see um, post ovulation or pre ovulation even. Your follicle is the sum of the last hundred days, and this is such a such a useful piece of information that I've taken out from Lara Bryden's book. And this is this information is pretty much telling us that we are the sum of the last hundred days. So that follicle that is being released, and interestingly enough, I actually learned this from the book last night. In our ovaries, apparently there are twelve eggs in our ovaries, and each month one of them is selected to be released. We have 12 little tiny eggs in our ovaries. How cute is that? But they are the sum of the last 100 days. So obviously they're taking their time to be released and they're just sitting there waiting, right? It's my turn. I'm going to leave now. So the last 100 days, if you have, you know, been binge eating, having a lot of alcohol, been very stressed, not sleeping, not exercising, not breathing fresh air, eating a lot of toxic foods um, and, you know, being around toxic gases as well, like in industrial area. We can assume that in a hundred days time from all of this stressful, unhealthy lifestyle factors, in a hundred days, your period might be more painful. You might not be able to go to the toilet properly. Your estrogen clearance is a a relation of they're not going to the toilet properly as well. So if you don't go to the toilet, if you don't poop, you're not clearing estrogen. So estrogen is pretty much the poo. It's not just poo, but, you know, estrogen is being cleared out via, via going to the toilet. So, you know, there are other things like headaches, acne, breakouts, mood swings, all this type of PMS related symptoms can be related to your actions in the last 100 days. 
And this is why I get my women to track their weight, their food, their exercise, their stress, their bowel movements, their gluten, their dairy, they consumed, if they consumed it, and their period symptoms, if they have any painful periods, because we can have a look at that the last hundred days, three months ago, and see what they were, where they, they were at and what they were doing. And it's been very useful for some of us in isolation, because a lot of our stress has actually calmed down. Initially, it was huge and we were so erratic and didn't know what to do, but now we've kind of used to it and we're taking a bit of more of a relaxed approach and a lot of women's symptoms have actually kind of healed a little bit and it's just been that drop in cortisol that stress hormone which has been very useful so people are people are making that connection anyway so you will feel a bit more energetic in this phase because it's post you know the period the worst you know most lethargic time you might have a bit of improved mood and you might feel overall just easier for cognitive function to resume Estrogen actually spikes up dramatically during this phase and it kind of falls into ovulation slightly. Now, this is the post post-menstruation and just as that ovulation phase is ending is the best time to be doing PBs in the gym and training hard in the gym or exercising more or doing something that you want to do different, right? This is the best time to do it because your estrogen is a stress buffer. Also, testosterone is a stress buffer. Now, we do have testosterone in our body, ladies, and it's not a bad thing. Testosterone and estrogen are anabolic in nature, which means they are building and improving performance and increasing our ability to handle stress. Catabolic in science means breaking down. Anabolic in science means building up. So our estrogen and testosterone are at their peaks in our follicular phase. And this is so important. It also stimulates our libido and can also improve our relationships too, just in general, because we feel more confident and we're just able to handle stress better. It also can make our skin look really good. So this beautiful effect of testosterone and estrogen increasing gives us a really good ability to handle our days and our life even better. Another interesting thing is you may also feel a little lighter during this time because estrogen suppresses appetite. And usually we're not at that hungry anymore like we went from a craving sweets or savory foods prior to our period and then post period we're not that hungry anymore so you might notice a bit of back off on how much you're eating the ovulation phase is where you either fertilize an egg and create a baby or it turns into a period so the ovulation phase is the shortest in fact it's about 24 to 48 hours However, some experts will say five to six days, but this is only because sperm can live within your cervix for five to six days. Now, if that egg was to be released between those five to six days where potentially you've had sex, the sperm can still swim up the cervix and still attach to that egg. And therefore, if it comes into contact, we all know what happens. A baby's being made. So just FYI, if you're not practicing safe sex or you do not want to have a child, make sure you are practicing safe sex habits in case you are ovulating and you're not aware of your ovulation if you're not using a contraceptive method. Just FYI. So just be aware of that. Um, But this type of information is really useful because it's pretty much telling us that we are the most fertile during our two to just just between 24 to 48 hours. But because we cannot 100% assume when ovulation is happening, it's very important that you understand this because because we can't assume anything exactly within our bodies because it changes. And that's why we have a lot of variation in that timing between 25 to 35 days of a, of a cycle because things change. We ovulate at different times of the month. We don't always ovulate every 14 
uh, 14th day. It changes, okay? So just FYI, what causes this to be released? Well, the luteinizing hormone causes the egg to be released into the fallopian tube. And then if no fertilization happens, the egg will shed into menstruation. To predict ovulation, there are two ways that I've learned via the symptothermal method. And I've learned this from fertilitycharting.com. I've put a link in here, but if you would like to work with a coach on this, please go to them, not me. I'm just giving you information that I've learned from them. So predicting ovulation, one, cervical fluid. Again, it'll be whiter, lotion-like, milkier, maybe a little stickier. Um, and you'll notice that either in your underwear or via wiping in the toilet. This is a great way to assume that ovulation has now happened. Uh, two, you might notice your basal metabolic temperature rise by 0.2 to 0.3 degrees Celsius. Okay, that doesn't sound like a lot, I know, but you will feel in the night, maybe before you go to bed, you're quite hot, or maybe you get night sweats and you just feel a hotter flush feeling. The benefits of tracking this temperature rise is, again, predicting ovulation. So once your temperature has risen to 0.2 to 0.3 degrees Celsius above what its normal level is, you can assume that ovulation has happened and you're now in your luteal phase. It is the fourth phase in a woman's cycle and it's the last phase before we have our period again. The The best way to track this, and I've, I've been reading two different ways to do this, is to do via thermometer in the morning and take it under your tongue, see what your temperature is in the morning. Or something that a lot of female fertility coaches are talking about is the aura ring. And the aura ring can track your basal metabolic temperature during the night. So if your temperature increases during the night, and it stays at that increased level for 10 to 16 days, then you know that 400% ovulation has happened. I make sure that's clear. Just it's a prediction. It's not exact. Progesterone. Oh, yes. So let's go into your luteal phase. Now, this is the last phase. This is where we see this is this is now where we're either preparing for the baby making the baby making process I've now got a baby inside me and now my progesterone needs to work and help keep that baby healthy or it's now preparing the body to have the menstruation. So this phase typically lasts for 10 to 16 days post ovulation. So once you've ovulated, you can assume within 10 to 16 days that you will have a period Um, again for the numbers in the difference, just because everyone's different. The most important part of this process is that we have this amazing thing called a corpus luteum. It lives in our ovaries. Now, it's a temporary endocrine gland. It releases progesterone, which FYI, progesterone is a very calming, nourishing, relaxing hormone. Now, the temporary endocrine gland, corpus luteum, which just springs out of nowhere when it gets to the luteal phase, produces progesterone. And progesterone itself is going to improve our relaxation, improve our mood a little bit. The reason why is because it's a calming hormone. It converts to a neurosteroid called allopregnolin, which acts like GABA in the brain. And again, it just promotes relaxation, enhances sleep. So from a biochemical standpoint, this is where we can really advise ourselves to smell the roses, slow down a little bit and enjoy life a little more, you know, stop being so stressful, maybe get out of stressful meetings and stuff. And and also don't be hitting any PBs during this time because you will need to relax a little more. Your body is now going through the shedding phase or having that baby phase. And if you're having a baby, this is different, um, different conversation altogether. But if we're just talking about menstruation on itself, um, you definitely want to slow down. So 
we definitely become hungrier during this phase. I know for me, I definitely get a little bit more snacky and my thoughts revolve around food a little more. We technically burn more calories during this time because our basal metabolic rate has increased. So I couldn't tell you how many calories and I'm not going to because there's not enough evidence or mass data collection to even set possible averages because again, everyone is different. How many times do I need to say that? But if you are hungry, eat meals. If you are hungry, eat meals, not snacks. Snacking will just increase the cravings for those certain foods during this time. So just go for um, meals. That's basically our cycle. That is basically what happens. And after this luteal phase, we go back into menstruation. It's not confusing. It's definitely, again, taken me some time to get used to. I think the most important part from this is all the things that I've spoken about, of course, but understanding that we're actually not the same. We change periodically throughout the month. Our hormones are changing. What I think is so important about all this is that as a woman who now is teaching women about their cycle is that I have learned so much about myself and what's happening to me. I've also learned a lot about my PMS and over the years I have had terrible PMS. I have had extreme breast pain. I've had extreme back pain. I've had extreme and debilitating period pains and I've also completely removed all of them. We need to have this conversation. It's not embarrassing. It's not awkward. It's not icky. It's not gross. This is a very important conversation. And I've spoken quite transparently about what's happening. So I hope that this episode for understanding your period has been helpful in some way in understanding what's going on. Although I haven't touched on PMS at all. And I haven't gone into insulin resistance, estrogen clearance and liver detoxification pathways. And I haven't spoken about the importance of understanding this. I have gone into what is happening, what estrogen is doing, what progesterone is doing, what testosterone is doing, why our eggs are being released. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know. I definitely think that a PMS episode, a contraceptive pill episode would be useful as well. So I hope, again, this was helpful. You can read and find this information on my blog post you can also find a great diagram there which is really simple and you can follow along as i talk about it thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and follow along at spotify or itunes and on my instagram at the female health show you can also find me on instagram on my personal and my business page as rick healthy pt i hope you enjoyed it thanks for listening again if you have any questions please feel free to ask i will be back on here very soon with the 11th episode. Oh my God, I can't believe I've made 11 episodes. This is amazing. I'm so glad I've started this. Thanks for all your kind messages and I love hearing them all. I will be on here very soon. Bye everyone. Have a great day.